Welcome everybody to Disney World A to Z. This is the podcast for all things Walt Disney World from A to Z for the past 150 episodes over the last two years, over two years, we have been taking you through the Disney World alphabet from A to Z. We've been through the alphabet, I think, two and a half times, but today we are wrapping up the alphabet. This is going to be the last the episode. The final Z. The final Z. I'm your host, Emma. I have two of my brothers here with me, Athos and Porthos. Hello, this is Porthos. And Athos. I've, I've told them that they need to talk close to the microphone when they talk. Are we close enough? And, and that we need to not talk over each other. So we're going to see how the audio of this episode turns out. No promises. There have been plenty of audio mishaps in this podcast. If you're still listening, you're probably okay with okay audio. So, so we thought for today's last episode, we would talk about some of our favorite Walt Disney World memories and take a trip down memory lane of our past trips. Athos, this was actually Athos's idea. And there you he, go. He has, I'm a very sentimental person like that. <laughs> he, you brought one of your favorite memories uh, with you. So why don't you start and tell us about that it's one? It's true. Yeah. The, um, I don't know, I was probably like 10 years old and we, it was recently after they first started that Madame Leota's cart near the Haunted Mansion, which has always been a favorite of mine. And um, I was just browsing through the selection, and they had this giant fruit bat, which probably had like a you know, three-foot wingspan at least, a stuffed animal of this fruit bat. <laughs> Not and a real <laughs> I wish bat. it was a real fruit bat. <laughs> I would have bought it on the spot if it was a real fruit bat. But it was like this large stuffed animal. Um, not necessarily Haunted Mansion related because it was just a fruit bat. But still, I'm also a big animal person. So I was like, oh, this is really cool. But it was kind of expensive. So we passed on it for the time. And I was like, okay, well, we'll think about it. And the next time we came back to the cart, it was tragically gone. <gasps> but about two years later, we came to the cart again. And boom, there was the fruit bat. Bought it instantly. It's here with me today. <laughs> Wonderful fruit bat. I would recommend it to anyone looking for Haunted Mansion merchandise or fruit bat-related memorabilia to purchase this giant fruit bat. This is the kind of quality content you guys have gotten over the years here on Disney World A to Z. But no, yes. Fruit bats, A to Z. Merchandise, though, is always a fun memory. And when you don't buy it, then you regret it, and you're like, okay, the next time I see this... I'm going to snap it up. I feel like um, with Disney pins, I used to be that way. Like, I would sometimes when I saw a pin, because we were big pin traders in the early days when it first started. Like, it was just so fun to go up to cast members and you were looking for a pin and maybe you'd find it, maybe you wouldn't. But there was this one pin. It was when, back when the prequels were coming out. We're going to try not to talk about Star Wars too much <laughs> in this episode, but I have a feeling it might come up. I was going to mention someone in the Facebook group asked um, if I'd seen episode nine yet. And I haven't replied to that comment yet. I'm hoping I'll reply to it before this podcast goes live. I need to do that. But at work, in real life, one of my coworkers asked me if I'd seen episode nine yet. And I gave him the full answer, which was like a 15-minute rant going all the way back to Jason and Jaina and Thrawn. And <laughs> so Everything that could have been. We're going to try to spare you guys that. But anyway, this pin that I'm talking about, it was back when the prequels were coming out. And I loved Padme Amidala. I really wanted this Padme Amidala pin, and I mirac- it was kind of expensive to buy it full price. I don't know why I thought I would ever find it on a lanyard, and I did find it on a lanyard, although I later found out that Mom had actually bought it, <laughs> and she traded it to the cast member, and then she told the cast member that my daughter is literally coming up in two minutes, and 
because I, she she was the one who said, oh, that cast member has the Padme pin. So that was kind of funny. But yeah, I, there, there's another pin that I was looking for. This one I did, I think, find authentically. It wasn't a plant. But it was a um, Christmas wreath with all the Disney princesses in their Christmas outfits. And it was just those, those finding those pins. You remember that because they were so fun and exciting. Yes, another idea we had for this final episode was Christmas uh, Christmas decorations at Disney World because obviously maybe some of you guys are heading to Disney World for Christmas trips and the parks and resorts are so beautifully decorated this time of year. I love the um, the Grand Floridian is so beautiful with the gingerbread um, house. I feel like that's a fun. We we went to um, the Grand for uh, New Year's not last year but 2018. We rang in the New Year at Disney World and we were there at the Grand and it was so fun. That was a really fun memory. The gingerbread was on sale yes. as well. Buy one, get one free. Some gingerbread bargains if you go at New Year's. <laughs> There's a pro tip as well. Because <laughs> they were taking down, the tr- the house came down like January 2nd. I wish they would leave the decorations up because technically Christmas lasts until January 6th, Epiphany. And they put up the decorations in like October practically, as almost before Halloween is over. So it's like, can't you just leave them up until like January 6th, January, you know, later in January? But they take them down pretty darn promptly, especially at the resorts. I think maybe at the parks, Tear they stay down. a little longer. Brick by brick, <laughs> that gingerbread house fell. <laughs> no, I don't think you... Sold brick by brick <laughs> to the hungry masses. <laughs> the, the house stays up until it's all been purchased. They didn't sell the bricks. Every actually. last they shingle. sold the shingles. Yeah. Exactly. The fall of the house of gingerbread. <laughs> Precisely. The split ran up it. All right, what other favorite memories do you have? From Disney World, D- days of yore. The, uh, you're talking about the pins got me thinking about Vinyl Nations, which mm. were very exciting when they were sort of in their heyday. And all the uh, shopkeeps would always have the, the three that you could see, and then they would have the big mystery box of them. And yeah. it was just very exciting looking around for the ones that you, know, yeah, and you really wanted. they were numbered, right? And it also, they were numbered, you and there weren't. Door number 12, door number Yeah, one. exactly. We want that one. I think what partly made it so exciting was there weren't an incredibly large number of them, you know? So it was like you were essentially familiar with all the different designs that were available, and so you knew which ones you were looking for. And then by the end of their run, it sort of was so inflated with so many different variations and series that they had come out with that nobody could keep track of all of them. And I feel like that, in a way, kind of took away the excitement of it to have there be just a billion different designs instead of like... It was probably something like 30 of them initially. So you definitely could look through them, and you knew, and you knew what you were looking for exactly. So that was very fun when it was going on. To be like the first thought when you went into a shop was, "Oh, what are their vinyl nations?" <laughs> it was pretty fun. There was always so many good times at like the various clubs. I think uh, the Animal Kingdom Lodge was probably my personal favorite. Uh, you know, the monorails were another one of my favorite, uh, you know, just things to do at Disney World in general. But uh, had a lot of good times. You know, just riding the rails. Riding the rails of the monorail. I used to be able to um, sit in the cockpit with the the driver, was, but yeah, ever that since that so accident, sadly, oh. mm-hmm. um, yeah, you can't do that anymore. But yeah, we, we rode in the cockpit a couple times. That was pretty exciting. I liked the um, the Tron monorail when they had that. Oh, that was a, a cool I skin didn't, design on it. I, I didn't like the other um, skins. I felt like often they were just to advertise something and they were boring, but the Tron one worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the rest were kind of like just throw characters on the side of it whereas the Tron one they actually were like oh the whole thing's a light cycle they transformed it 
that's what Disney yeah. should do. Clubs, though, absolutely. Yes. Incredible we, times at the clubs. Yeah, you guys have heard about club level on this podcast because our family loves it. Even if we're only, like, staying one night, we won't go into the parks. We'll just enjoy the resort, enjoy the club lounge, enjoy the food. And, yeah, there are so many great, like, spots to relax at the resorts. Like, my favorite spot at the Grand where there are many fond memories is up on the fifth floor. There's this one table that is by the windows. So you can look out in one direction and see the castle. And in the other direction, you can get up and look over the... Uh, balcony, the railing, and see the lobby below with all the little princesses uh, dancing and the Grand Floridian Orchestra playing. And ah, it's just such a beautiful, um, such a beautiful spot. But yeah, and the Animal Kingdom Lodge is has such a great club level, but also just such a great resort. Like that's one of my fond memories is uh, just exploring all the exhibits. I think all of us kids have done that. Like some of our first independent explorations when we were, you know, like you know, growing up, like the first time you were allowed to kind of venture off on your own was at the Animal Kingdom Lodge, going and looking at all the different exhibits. Athos, I think you like created a catalog, didn't you? Like write down, write them all down, and like organize them. And... Yeah, I wrote it a big. I wrote out a giant list of the different artifacts. Early it wasn't research, very well cataloged, yes. given like <laughs> it wasn't sorted in any way, and it was just a list of names essentially. But it was. Um... Oh, it was fun to run around and be like, oh, you collected them all, essentially, on your list. <laughs> like Pokemon, but... <laughs> exactly. And I, I became familiar with the coolest ones. They have those tin can guitars. Those are a favorite of mine. They also have a bow and arrow that's kind of cool. It's got um, some very interesting headdresses. So it was cool to see them all, and then now I essentially know where all the coolest ones are. The Animal Kingdom Lodge was the first place um, that I saw magic bands. Isn't it funny how much that has changed, like, just in such a recent, like, fairly recently, there were no magic bands, like, five years ago. You know, it wasn't 2014 or 2013. Something like that. Um, But, yeah, I remember they were doing a test, and, like, the Sunset Lounge was closed off because, like, guests who were checking in who were given them as part of the test – um, you know, would go and uh, get set up there. And they had, like, the first accessories were on sale in Zawadi. But, yeah, yeah, back in the day, you know, you would run to your FastPass machine and get your FastPasses first thing because you wouldn't book them. You didn't have them on your wrist um, already set. Um, yeah. It was another time. Another time. I thought the the opening of Dinoland... Yes. was a very exciting moment for me. I remember going through the line to Dinosaur. Very cool. Still probably the only Carnotaurus skeleton I've seen is that one. Wow. It's not a easily available dinosaur. It's a real dinosaur. It is a real dinosaur. I'd, and I would assume, given that they have that, they have a cast of Sue, the most famous Tyrannosaurus Rex fossil, is outside the dinosaur ride. So I would assume that the Carnotaurus was also a cast of a real specimen. And they do have real specimens. I think there's several museums in South America that have them. But I have never been to South America. So that's the place to go see a Carnotaurus skeleton. <laughs> we should have a collection stuff. of all the random facts that you've learned through this podcast. <laughs> Not Disney-related, but far beyond that. Yeah, I remember that, though. It was Countdown to Extinction, Dinosaur. You're right, yeah. yeah. The old name. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, we visited the Animal Kingdom and the Animal Kingdom Lodge, like, shortly after they opened that was really exciting. Natazoo. Brand new. Natazoo. That was all the ads. Those were the days. A lot of good times on Rock and Roller Coaster, too. Yes. Speaking, you know, transitioning parks, I guess, to, to uh, Hollywood Studios. MGM. 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 <laughs> While we're in the past, anyway. <laughs> yeah, the, um, also at MGM, the, um, the, Teach you how to draw classes. Those were all very fun. Oh, the drawing I miss those. different Disney characters. 
We did a ton of those, yeah. Mm-hmm. Those were a lot of fun. Should we talk about Star Wars briefly? Because I feel like that has been a under a, th- a the theme, elephant a in the sub- room. No, no, no. It's just been a sub theme of the podcast throughout. Because of course, Josh was the co-host for the first hundred episodes of the pop- podcast, um, and we, when the Last Jedi came out, we did we ended up talking about it a lot. I was really disappointed in it. My whole family was mostly disappointed in it. Um, and you know, the thing is, like, I am excited for Galaxy's Edge. We've talked about Galaxy's Edge on the podcast does sound and look really cool we actually haven't been there in person yet which like when you think about that we're such huge star wars fans that the fact that we haven't bothered to get to disney to see galaxy's edge like it it, it is partly because of the last jedi and partly because i don't trust lucasfilm and i don't trust disney um I don't trust them as much anymore An after the last Jedi. Dissatisfaction with Disney. Yeah, so it's like I have really no. It's amazing how they have kind of uh, destroyed my interest in Nine. Like I don't really care. Maybe at some point I'll see it when it comes out on TV. But like I just I don't trust them. I don't think of the new trilogy as real Star Wars. And so the fact that Galaxy's Edge is so exclusively focused on the new trilogy makes me way less excited about it and way less like, oh, we need to get there now. Like I was watching a uh, ride through of the new, um, what is it? Guardians of the Galaxy. That's not it. The new Rise of the Resistance. It does look really cool, really interesting and innovative. But like at the very beginning, there's this, um, what species is Akbar? Admiral Mon Calamari. There's a Mon Calamari. It's not Akbar. But like even just seeing that, then I was thinking, wow, this would be fun if they hadn't totally, if they hadn't literally thrown Admiral Akbar out of a window into the cold, dark blackness of space. If they hadn't literally done that in the last movie, maybe I would enjoy seeing another Mon Calamari and riding this ride. But instead, I see the Mon Calamari and I remember Akbar. And what and they really disrespected the actor as well. Like Yes, I'm afraid following all of the news from Lucasfilm and, like, you know, Lucasfilm employees, like, trolling, not just trolling, like, mocking and, you know, calling fans names on social media. Like, some of them were drinking mugs that said fanboy tears. Like, I don't want to support that company. That company doesn't feel like real Star Wars. Dave Filoni is the one person at Lucasfilm who I still have some level of trust in because I did love Rebels. And so I have been watching some of The Mandalorian. And it's it's pretty okay. You know, it's pretty all right, I'd say. Although the main thing I feel when I watch it is, wow, it should have been really easy to give us a episode eight that didn't crazily divide the fan base and that didn't disappoint such a huge portion of fans so badly because the Mandalorian is fine. Like it's not that hard to, you know, the, the last Jedi really was a weird thing. The fact that that was able to happen, the fact that so many executives, so many people let it go through and didn't foresee um, what it was going to do. So here's the thing, guys. We've been thinking about doing a video like the state of Star Wars, but I'm not sure I really want to do that because in my videos and in my podcast, I try to keep things po- I try to keep things positive. So I feel like this is our mini state of Star Wars thoughts on why I'm not watching episode nine in case you're curious. <laughs> and you haven't fully seen the new... How, what episode of Mandalorian are you on oh, right now? I don't know, five maybe. So five. Oh, okay, because it does seem like even in that show they kind of like lost their direction, sort mm. of. They just like, like it seems like they had an idea for the overall show and then they just didn't really plot out what they were gonna do. So a lot of it seems kind of aimless. It is interesting though, given such a valuable franchise that they 
really didn't seem to have much of a plan. I just drove it into the ground right away, you know? Oops. Yeah. <laughs> like, what were, what were they thinking? <laughs> You're absolutely right on Galaxy's Edge. It is pretty incredible that we haven't been to go see it. Considering the fact that we, like, literally drop Star Wars references in our everyday speech. It's part of our patois, our family language. Like, we yeah. just speak in Star Wars references, but we haven't and I bothered. Mean, this is... <laughs> This is a Disney podcast, you know? <laughs> like, not only do we love Star Wars, theoretically, we love Disney. And, like, there's the the chance for both of them in one. And yet that really is a testament to what Last yeah. Jedi did. That is the fact that we haven't been, that hasn't been a top priority. Yeah. I mean, I still love Disney, and I still do love old classic Star Wars. And I hope that at some point, honestly, I don't think I will be fully back on board until they fired Kathleen Kennedy. But... Um, you know, hopefully at some point in the future, I can be more on board with Star Wars. Um, and I do still love a lot of things at Disney. But yeah, it is really sad. I feel like The Last Jedi was kind of like the starting point of my confidence in Disney as a whole slipping. And like, I see, again, I, I run this podcast. I still put Disney videos on my mm. YouTube channel. So I obviously still love it. And I think it's a great place where families can have a great time together and make so many great memories. But um yeah, it is kind of sad. I feel like over the last couple of years, my excitement about Disney has just kind of slipped a little. I don't know yeah. if you guys. I don't know if you guys heard about the <laughs> Nintendo theme park at Universal Studios. Yeah, this podcast is actually becoming Universal. It is. No, it's this not. is now a Universal Studios <laughs> now podcast. A Nintendo uh, gaming exactly. podcast. No, we've we've actually never been to Universal. We it's going to do have that a Mario Kart ride. Well, I really want to ride it. I know. <laughs> I'm very excited. I actually do. That would actually be extraordinary. Exactly. Yeah. Whatever innovation, Rise of the Resistance, I want <laughs> double that for the Mario Kart ride. Well, somebody told me possibly it was Josh in an old episode of this podcast, but um, that like they were thinking of doing like if this the track is like a screen, and so as you're driving, like ahead of you on the track are like the literal item boxes, so like you could actually run over them. I mean, I don't know how you would then have mm-hmm. an option to like use the item. But <laughs> <laughs> a banana peel suddenly yeah. appears in your hand. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be great. Yeah, we have never been to Universal. They also have a Jurassic Park ride. I wouldn't mind riding that, naturally. So, you know, maybe we will go there. I think the Nintendo Park opens next year or something. So we should go for that. We could go to the Star Wars one and Nintendo one at the same time. (laughs) That's how how low priority the Star Wars is now. (laughs) No, it's not that. I am still, I would still like to see Galaxy's Edge. It does still look really cool. Um, But I wish they had more of the old classic trilogy. I think I would want to go there more if there was classic trilogy, knowing that they have so exclusively focused on the new trilogy makes me shrug my shoulders. Absolutely. Um, but obviously we have many fond Star Wars memories. Star Wars weekends. Do you remember when we went to one of those as a kid? I had this, um, the maroon costume that Padme wears in episode one um, that in the in the woods when she's a handmaiden. My mom made me one of those. So we brought it along for Star Wars weekends. And it was just so fun because you could meet Padme. Like she was wearing that red Senate gown and like there was R2 there. It was just, ah, uh, I, I miss Star Wars weekends, to be honest. Like Mickey and Minnie as Jedi, Jedi Mickey and Princess Leia Minnie were so cute and so sweet. Yes. I have many fond memories of meeting the characters. That's actually one of my favorite memories from our first trip was the first night of our trip. 
we went to Chef Mickey's, which was like the best decision ever. It was apparently a really exhausting day. And my mom said to my dad, we could just go home. Like we don't, or just go back to the hotel. But my dad was like, no, you made the reservation. Let's go. Um, and that was like the start of a tradition for us. Cause we often have started the, the trip with dinner at Chef Mickey's, but it was so much fun. Like all the characters and like this little song they do and like the monorails rushing by overhead and the Grand Canyon Concourse. But I could not wait to meet Minnie. And she, I don't think she, the rotation, like she didn't come to our table for a while. So when she finally did walk up, I gave her the biggest hug. I just remember how like so excited I was for Minnie to come to our table. That was really fun. When our, our youngest brother, Dart, was little, he um, he was the cutest with the characters. Like, uh, he loved that show JoJo's Circus, and you could meet JoJo and Goliath. And so we, like, went and met them at, at MGM. It was probably still MGM. Um, and he, like, was dancing with them. It was just the cutest. So do you guys have any character memories? Or? I think... I know there was there have been some very funny moments with characters, and now I'm like blanking on when those were. <laughs> but I don't know. Go back and watch the vlogs. I'm sure there are some great moments in there somewhere. The Gaston video. Oh yeah, Gaston is a fantastic character. Always fun to hang out with him. Um, yeah, I don't know. I know there have been good moments. Can you think of any? I guess I'm content with the characters that are the rest of my family. <laughs> hey! <laughs> I'll have to give you an autograph sometime. <laughs> there we go. The, um... Well, some of my favorite uh, memories from recent years have been meeting so many uh, podcast, podcast listeners and YouTube subscribers. It's so funny. Like, I never would have thought that my channel was big enough for me to get recognized at the parks. Um, but I feel like every day of my trip, a couple people end up stopping me. Um, and that has always been such a, such a fun memory. One time, actually, I was in line uh, for the photo pass guy. And so um, he was grabbing a picture of me. And so like I'd put my bags down. And the next people in line were obviously waiting. So I had finished up and I was like trying to move aside quickly. But the girl came, comes up to me and recognized me and like she was so excited to, to like meet me she was so incredibly sweet and the the photo pass guy just kept taking pictures of us <laughs> so i felt like like i was a character <laughs> it was just so funny because i like didn't expect her to be recognizing me i was expecting i was like trying to get out of her <laughs> way but she's like no wait the stay. Yeah. yeah that's so funny it was so sweet i feel like there have been so many hilarious fun moments and so many things i wouldn't have expected from starting this podcast and and running my YouTube channel, like the OSA, Martin and OSA Safari mm -hmm. Museum in Kansas. The Martin and OSA, um, OSA's book, I Married Venture, is at the Animal Kingdom Lodge in the Sunset Lounge. And when I read that book and posted about it online, the museum contacted me and they've sent, sent, sent me some books and we did a giveaway this year with them. Um, so it's, that's just been a really fun connection. And another thing, one of my lovely uh, followers, Trisha, who runs an Etsy shop called the Shy Socialites? She turned me into a paper doll. Athos too. Yeah. The the that uh, she did a Halloween version with our Halloween costumes. Oh, that's so funny. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I look at my YouTube channel or I look at like the podcast statistics and I feel like, you know, it's not reaching very many people or like the algorithm is so frustrating. If you're subscribed to my YouTube channel and you don't see my videos and you might think, oh, Emma must not be posting. That's not true. I post often two. You almost always at least one video, new video a week. The algorithm just doesn't show it to people. And it's so frustrating. Mm -hmm. I feel like if like 18,000 people have hit subscribe, that means they wanted to see my stuff. So show them my stuff. If they don't like what I'm posting anymore and they want to unsubscribe, that's fine. But like it's sort of dishonest if they 
hit subscribe, but then YouTube never shows them my videos. So, um, and I should say, I said this in the last episode too, I am going to be continuing to post YouTube videos. So if you're not subscribed yet to YouTube, uh, it's youtube.com slash bookish princess. Make sure you go over there, follow me over there. And if you're not seeing my stuff on YouTube, you could just go directly to the channel. Cause and then hit the little bell for the <laughs> <videos laughs> yeah. bell. See, I never bring the bell. <laughs> See, I never pe- tell people to do that because I don't like notifications myself. Like I would rather just choose when to go on YouTube and like then go and watch the stuff that I want to watch. But I guess that's really not a smart business savvy way to do it. If, if you want to make sure you hear about them, the, the notifications is the way to go. Yeah. I mean, I don't have notifications on for too many channels, just my very favorites. <laughs> but uh, yeah, even then, like you're saying with the algorithm, I don't always get notified or see it in my subscriptions right away wow. necessarily so yeah it's also that i mean it's, it's you can't even really understand the algorithm but when you hear things about it it's like i don't even know how it works like apparently the more likes you get at the very beginning when you first post it the better it will do um so like if people don't like it then they're not going to show it to very many other people and i think this holds on instagram as well um and which is frustrating because it's like you know, just because this follower didn't like it doesn't mean another follower won't. Like, yeah. Anyway, there's my little uh, uh, YouTube rant. State of YouTube as well. <laughs> exactly. Of, well, one of the fun it's things. It's a dumpster fire. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's the true. state of YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> one of the fun things about this podcast, I feel like, has been, uh, you know, it's kind of a place you can go off on tangents and chat about different things that, like, don't necessarily have a home in other places. Um but yes, it's been really fun doing YouTube. I'm, I'm excited to continue YouTube. I have some fun ideas for videos. Um, and it's been really fun to do this podcast as well. And there have been lots of fun memories, meeting listeners. Uh, teaming up with Josh was really fun in the beginning because I loved his uh, YouTube channel, Blimey Cow. So it was really exciting to find out he was a Disney fan and to start the podcast. And then since then, there have been so many different fun guest hosts. So many of you guys have reached out and offered to share your trips, share your tips. And it's been just amazing to connect with you guys and on the Facebook group as well um, and hear all of your stories and your feedback has been so fabulous. Um, I am the Facebook group will continue to be up. So I'll leave a link to that in the podcast uh, show notes if you want to check that out. Are there any last memories we want to uh, wrap up with? Hmm. Where's the fire at Epcot? <laughs> I love that thing. Very classic. I learned so much. How did you dip how how did you dip into your memories and pull that out? I just want to know how that one came out. I learned to not leave my towel on the radiator. Yeah, that's a classic mistake. That's Don't a classic that. mistake. <laughs> Toasters. That's the fire right there. Pretty much. Oh. What an experience. Oh yes. Where's the fire? Gripping adrenaline. Is, is that still there? Like, oh no, innovations is all going away now, oh, isn't really? it? Yes. Tragic. That was there for a long time, though. Yeah. You could find the fire for a long time. <laughs> now we all ask, where's 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 the where's, where's, where's the fire? Everyone asks, where's the fire, but they never ask, how's the fire? <laughs> <laughs> they need to ask about its existential state of being. Exactly. What is no fire? one cares about fire. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, guys. I think we're going to wrap this up. Thank you all so much for listening, for enduring uh, the ridiculous antics of Disney World A to Z. I hope you have enjoyed it. Uh, Like I said, definitely make sure you're following me. I'm on Instagram and YouTube, Bookish Princess, um, because I would love to stay in touch. And I'm sure we will continue to share future uh, Disney things as well as lots of other fun adventures. What a great time. I hope you guys have a magical day, and I'll see you on YouTube. Now we've sung our ABCs. <laughs> now we've sung it. What'd you sing with me? <laughs> <laughs>